I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. dog snoring we're coming off of talking about episode four which was the puppy episode but now here we are in episode five valerie demands dignity oh this episode any thoughts general feelings there were i had like all laugh out loud moments in this episode i and one particular moment i Slightly had a similar experience to, not that I was, did you think of me with the maid in the drawer? I did. Yep. And that's right from the get-go. So yes. here we are in episode five. I really like this episode. I think I like the puppy episode better than three and better than this and better than five. But this episode I did like very much. One of the things I found very interesting about it was that there's no show in it. There's no Yeah, Marshall. no. You don't even, yeah. No Malamar, no set stuff. I wonder how they all felt about that when the script came for that week. And they're like, well, I'm not in this. Maybe a little bit like Valerie Cherish. Yeah, exactly. It was Valerie's time. It was Valerie's moment. They were moment. going shopping on Montana. We see that Valerie's life may not be all that exciting. Yes. Offset. Yes. We open, and it's the morning at Valerie Cherish's house, she doesn't have her lips on. She's very embarrassed that Jane catches her. I love that moment when she came out and she's like, ah! and she went running back into her closet. I love that whole closet bathroom. What is back there? I think it's like a like a little walkway or hallway with the closets that's between. It's kind and of then like there's a, a bathroom room. behind it. My grandma used to have one of those. I used to love that. It was amazing. It would be nice. It would be nice to have that much closet space. And I also realized that the bedroom looked much bigger than I thought. I mean, they've got a little sitting area. Yeah, I know. I love their bedroom. They've got a really nice bedroom. And we see a lot of it. Yeah. On the overhead cameras. We open on Esperanza is sitting, looking like she's cleaning out the bedside table drawer. But she has an evil gleam in her eye. I'm not quite sure what was going on here. Did you know? Was she... I feel like they asked me. They either asked her to show something embarrassing or... Because she emptied out the whole nightstand and nobody wants their nightstand emptied on camera because there's naughty things in nightstands. We keep things in our nightstands next to our bed that aren't for general consumption. Right. It's a drawer you put everything in when somebody's coming over. Or your nighty night drawer. Right. You know, things that happen in the dark. Your, your blindfolds to sleep or do something else. And okay. Your toys. Sleeping, sure. For novelty use only. <laughs> you know, your handcuffs, right? right. Well, 
That, it was very strange to me how it opened because Esperanza looked like she was laying it all out on the bed. And she was looking at the camera like, I'm going to get that bitch. <laughs> and she had a demonic look on her face. She did. I wasn't sure whether that was a look like she was actually doing something by her choice, whether she was doing something because the producers had asked it, her to. And then I also wondered whether or not she was doing something that Valerie had asked her to as well. Either, whatever it was. She was feeling naughty. She was feeling naughty. And not quite sure about how she felt about feeling naughty either. Because there was a couple of moments where she was... She just looked a little hesitant to do or say anything. Right. But maybe she's afraid of Valerie in some way. Uh, I'm afraid of Valerie in some way. Jane asks Esperanza or a cameraman if they got a shot of the tape. That was what made it curious to me, was whether or not Esperanza was in on it, or they were purposely staging this to embarrass Valerie, or... It's very unclear. Very unclear, but Valerie has a big reaction when she realizes that all her porn and sex... Well, actually, I'm being unfair. It's not all her porn. It's one tape. It's one tape, and then, other than that... I'm I'm looking at bananas here, but other than that, like... There was really nothing else incriminating. My drawer is a lot worse. I don't know about your drawer, but... My drawer is pretty bad. Personal. Personal moments. Well, I have a whole bed stand that could be incriminating. Okay. Well, but so, worse. I mean, look at my house. I mean, okay, maybe not right here where we're sitting, but... There's we've... like, there's books and candles. Nothing's incriminating. Well, okay. Well, in my living room, my father's an artist. I've got pictures of naked people on the wall. Yes. I've got Betty Page on the wall in the bathroom. I've got That's books true. on sex therapy and different positions all over the place and how to talk to your kids about sex and just things... Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about Tony Danza's PP. <laughs> I got it in Tony Danza's penis. Moving on from Tony Danza's penis as if we ever really could. (laughs) I don't want to move on from that. (laughs) I don't either. Valerie is very concerned, as always, about what is being shot. Decides that it's all going very wrong. That her ladies loving ladies tape... That she she insists is their only one. Big, huge VHS. That was a funny thing, too. She's saying that it's their only one and that it's very worn and that the cover is worn. And Esperanza's like, the cover's very worn. Did you get that tape? Jane, did you get that? Did you guys? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. Well, busted! (laughs) We're human! (laughs) Sometimes I wear no lipstick and sometimes Mark enjoys that kind of tape. (laughs) But not often. No, not often, and he has just the one, and uh, it's really old, you know, the look at the cover's all worn, see that? So, better yet, don't see it. <laughs> the box is all worn. Then Valerie decides that she doesn't want this in the episode, and, uh... I love when she goes, okay, you got us, we're human. <laughs> I, sometimes I don't wear lipstick. <laughs> My husband likes this kind of thing, but only this one. We only have the one. It's just the one. Just the one. She had to make sure that we knew there was only one porn tape in the house, and when her husband liked it. And it's ladies loving ladies. (laughs) Yes. Which is also a little strange. She makes it such a big deal, and it's kind of makes me like her more and make me like her less all at the same time. Less that she seems all like minimizing about it. Like, oh, it's just this one. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, Val, I want to see a little bit of your freak. 
You know me. I think no kink is wrong. Between I know. Two I'm not as freaky as you. I, well, I'm a little less freaky. Yes, but you could still appreciate it. I can appreciate the feet. Freak. Right. I mean, we've just talked about your bedside drawer. So here I we know. are. I like men, yeah. I do have handcuffs. So I'm lying. Busted. We're human. Uh, so... We're only human. <laughs> Sorry. Why am I singing so much today? I, I should never sing. Yet maybe I'm singing. I just put some song in your heart. Somebody's putting a song in your heart. Maybe it's Tony Danza. Puts a song in her heart and a penis in, in his my penis. vagina. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, what? you are freaky. You are freaky. <laughs> Tony Danza, if you're listening, this one's for you. <laughs> Tony Boo. So Jane explains again, and this is not the first time we've heard Jane explain to Valerie, all of this is raw footage. They're trying to make a reality show. It takes a lot of footage to make an interesting show. Valerie informs us this is not the kind of reality show she's doing. That This is not that kind of reality show. Uh-huh. Just, it takes a lot of footage to, to make an interesting reality show. Right, yeah, sure. Yeah, I understand. You have to make it interesting, but just not that kind of interesting. You know, that's not what our show is. You know, our show is about a woman's journey. You know, about her heartfelt journey back to herself. It has dignity. You know. So, have that sound. That's what I'm going to tell Mary Murphy from TV Guide when I have lunch with her. Sounds good. Good. Yeah, isn't it? A woman's heartfelt journey back to herself. Right. And she's making. She's holding the VHS of ladies loving ladies. <laughs> <laughs> she pitches basically what she thinks the show is. And, and as always with Valerie, it's just, you know, she thinks if she says it is so, it is so. That's how she feels. She takes dramatic license with her life. Well, and she's she tells us as if we're not watching what she's showing us. Right. Again, she's saying one thing and doing another. And she's saying that the show is about dignity. We also learn that she has a lunch coming up with Mary Murphy from TV Guide. And that this pitch that she's making is sort of what she's going to tell Mary. Right. She's also very concerned about the porn stuff again, and Jane tells her just that they can flag it. They can look at the time code and flag it. And again, now here's another term that Valerie's just all up in. Flag, no, flag that. Flag. Flag the whole scene. <laughs> Let's just flag everything. Which we know is going to come back to bite her in the ass eventually. Yes. Right? Because she doesn't fully grasp what she's doing or saying at any time, including what it means to flag something. Whole scene flagged. All right, good. All right. Well, I'm glad we cleared all this up. Good. Yeah. Because, you know, this show, it's not about, you know, ladies loving ladies. It's about, you know, this lady loving this lady. You know? So, good. So she's convinced that the people in middle America are going to be incredibly interested in her taking a shopping stroll on Montana Avenue and returning her sheets. Yes. Like those people that have never seen anything like Montana Avenue. It'll be fun for them. She doesn't realize that's extremely condescending, what she's just said. Everything she says is extremely condescending. Yes, it is. She's got the mic wire hanging out. She makes a joke about it looking like she's passing linguine. We've got Mickey with her, and they're in front of a magazine stand, and it's a very short little beat, but we realize that she's very disturbed by the cover of 
Entertainment Weekly, which says reality TV dying or is yeah, reality, is reality t- dead? Yeah, is reality TV dead or is reality which TV is dead? so funny because that was ten years ago and clearly right again. Looking back where we are at now, it's crazy that reality TV is like you know quadruple fold what it was then there's whole channels the, the main bulk of the yeah. programming andy cohen was not yet on the scene i love me some andy cohen we love andy cohen so she's returning the linens and she's trying to get the crew to go ahead without her so that she can stay behind and buy the entertainment weekly magazine and we can see that there is a certain level of anxiety that is rising in her as in every episode so she leaves mickey behind to pay for it and we cut to the linen store with, I'm sure I will pronounce her name wrong, but is it Jema Mays? Yes. Emma from Glee. Is the I shop was so, girl. And she was uh, so young. That also makes you realize, like, how long some actresses have been around before they get their break. Because that was just a little tiny part. And that was a long time before Glee. That was about six years before Glee. Yeah. How many seasons has Glee been on now? Like four, I four? Think four. Yeah. Maybe more. So, definitely. I mean, a while before. She's returning the sheets to the store. She's trying to bond with the shop girl, and it becomes obvious that she's got her confused with somebody else who used to be there. She wanted to look like she goes there all the time and that she cares about the people there. And has a relationship. She's she's listening. Again, she's trying to show us that she listens. Right. When we know that she really doesn't. No. The shop girl is the opposite of what a reality show would want because she's very bland. Really bland. Very, very quiet. What do you want me to do with these sheets? So Valerie, realizing that there's not really going to be a lot of action here, decides to look for sheets and then starts to have a little bit of a meltdown. No, I think right in front of the sales girl too, she goes, this is really boring. The poor girl. I know. She has, Valerie has no idea how mean she can be. No. She, well, I think she looks at everybody else around her as supporting cast. Yes. And that when she walks out of the room, sort of like the Truman Show, which we've talked about yes. before, like she walks out of the room and they cease to exist anymore. Right. It's, it's very um, childish and almost autistic. Let's put her on the spectrum. Why not? Everybody's on the <laughs> fucking spectrum these days. So, so I I, I want to flag that. (laughs) I'm sorry, Marcy. Can we flag that? (laughs) I really do. I don't stand behind that. Okay, Uh, (laughs) that's a joke. So she gives up on returning linens because she's having a meltdown, and Mickey sort of intervenes. And Mickey, at his most Mickey, says, "I think it's time for a latte or whatever," and steers her towards the Starbucks, where we find her obsessing over the Entertainment Weekly magazine and the article on how reality TV is dying. This is when Mickey really shows up as the best Mickey ever that He's we all want. He's her bestie. He is. The makeup hair guy that you want. He's telling her how beautiful and important yeah. she is. She is ranting about how her show is not going to be about sex and stunts. Listen to this. Television today has a coliseum mentality. Nikki, I don't do coliseum. I don't do it. And you don't need to. You have something those other shows don't have. Valerie Cherish. And you're enough. You reading a book is enough. You crossing the street is enough. Trust me, sweetheart. You have always been and will always be enough. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're right. 
You're right. I don't need facts and stunts. My comeback will be enough, of course. Yeah. That was silly. Thank you, Mickey. Well, the Victoria's Secret models are getting their own reality show. Are they? I didn't see that. Yeah, mid-season, like yours. Really? But she's not listening to him. You don't? She is. Well, I think we find out later, nightgown, that she's not listening to him. That's true. Although she does... See, I think she does listen if it's something that she wants to hear. Right. And being told that you're enough... Right. Is... But I don't think she believes that. Oh, no. Yeah, because she does so many things later on in this episode to, you know... To derail that. Force the, uh, force the matter. Force the issue. So even though Mickey is convincing her that, or trying to convince her that she's enough, and she may or may not believe him deep down, she calms down a little bit, and then Mickey, in his very <laughs> Mickey not helping mode, points out that the Victoria's Secret models are getting their own reality show mid-season, oh, just yeah. like hers. Sad. Wrong. Bad Mickey. Again, sex and stunts, and we are now prepared with the Victoria's Secret model mid-season show will be competing with hers. So whether or not she likes it or not, there's going to be some sex and stunts. And we're in the bedroom, and she comes out of the bathroom to greet Mark, who is watching TV on the bed, and she's all decked out in a very sexy nightgown. Starts to make the moves on him. No, he first. He's like, wow, look at that. He's got, like, like you immediately see him just like, all right, it's sexy time. Oh, yeah. Sexy she, time for Mark. But look at her. She come out, She came out. She's all dressed up. Hey, Marky Mark. Yeah, she's like, hi, love ball. <laughs> Do you call your husband love ball ever? No, but I will from now on. <laughs> hey, love ball. No, I currently do not have a husband, but I'm just going to call everybody love ball and see I, what happens. You can call Tony Danza love ball. Hey, Tony. Hi, love ball. Hey, love ball. We're looking at the magnet of Tony Danza's penis right now. He's not love ball. He's love balls. But she has a little magnet over it. Over the magnet. It's a little puffy sticker. <laughs> a puffy sticker. So we don't see his weenie. But sometimes we lift it. <laughs> and then we giggle. <laughs> like we schoolgirls in London. I don't know why we're from London suddenly. Because it's just classier that way. <laughs> when we're laughing at a wiener. When we're laughing in an accent. Yes! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a little bit like Japanese tea girl or something. Again, I'm being offensive. One in every episode. But I got two in this one. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So, Mark starts to go for it. I really feel for Mark in this scene. I know. He's got a woody, man. She does. She gives him blue balls for ratings. I know. And she tries to whisper to him. He's very confused. He really (laughs) does not go, does not understand what is going on. So, were there hidden cameras in this one? No, I think it is. They have a standing, because we saw it in the puppy when they brought the puppy oh, to bed. Oh, right. And he says they've been having sex. We in find the bathroom. Out, we find out because of the cameras, they've been having sex in the bathroom on the bathroom floor. He's hurt his knees. He's banged her head. But <laughs> <laughs> I was turning you over. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love finding out that they have such a busy sex life. Yes, because it makes their relationship more believable, too. Yes. Like, why is he putting up with all of this? Right. And you do see that there's some fun and affection. And he thinks she's very sexy. Love ball. Love ball. Marky Mark. <laughs> 
He's very confused about what Entertainment Weekly has to do with her coming on to him. And his blue balls. His blue balls. She informs him, it's not that kind of show, Mark. It's about a woman's journey back to me. Right? I've never been... What's that song? I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Right. (laughs) I have a beautiful voice. I love that song. Uh, It reminds me of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So... Mark gets blue balls for ratings. In this scene, I also had the feeling that we are watching Mark and his slow evolution of... You know, I wouldn't feel sad. Sorry for him. I'm sorry I didn't interrupt you. No, please. No, I just often feel sorry for him. It's just, you know... He didn't sign up for this. He didn't know what it was going to be. I mean, I think he... Right, but maybe he didn't fully understand. She's not all that forthcoming with everything all the time. Or maybe she, obviously she herself doesn't really understand it. So he may not have understood that if she was she were doing this, it meant that they would have a camera in their bedroom right. 24-7. Right. Yeah, so is it like an overhead camera? I'm obsessed with this right now. I, I like do remember we had the one in the kitchen and... Wait, you have an oversight uh, head cam? Oh. I I'm, thought you and Tom. No, not one. Tom and I, but that would be very kinky. Because there's nothing we like better than cooking nude. The <laughs> I'm concerned about the dinner party I was at last week now. <laughs> but all the food has such texture. <laughs> I don't want to eat that. <laughs> I think it's a... Can you play this on our podcast? Are we going to get in trouble? I think we can probably use that much. Okay, sorry. So obviously we were just in paradise and, and we're trying we... to get back to me. Like Valerie Cherish. We're trying to get back to Valerie Cherish. So, okay. <laughs> so we learn a little bit more about their sex life, which is maybe what this episode is about. Yeah. And but her, there's a wee person later. It's about raiding sex and stunts. And the wee lady. Before we leave this scene as well, we learn from Mark that he has more porno tapes than that one <laughs> that she was insisting he had. Yes. He's, he's talking about all the conditions. I hit all my porn. <laughs> right. That hiding all my porno tapes, and she makes a big show to the cameras, the hidden cameras, that, you know, that's not who we are. We we, we have one tape. Just the one. We're a healthy couple. We've got a relationship based on respect. We're very lucky. Flag the whole scene. Just flag the whole scene. <laughs> Again, she thinks that that means that they're going to cut it out. The next scene... But, oh, they're not. Oh, no. The next scene is the testimonial. She's in a testimonial, and they bring in Charla from Amazing Race. And is that a real person? I think it what's is that, a real that? person. I never watched Amazing Race. I never Race. watched Amazing it, it Race. Runs, it wins the Emmy every fucking year. And it had only been on a couple of years at this point, too. So I know. Why does it win the Emmy every year? I think this year, finally, it didn't. Or did it? Every year, and you're like, what? Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, no. Flag that. Flag that scene. Flag that scene. We have a cell phone going off here. Do you need to take that? All right. So. I thought it was was on because of this. We're going to cruise through this so you can get to Mama. No, no, no. 
So we've got Charla from Amazing Race is introduced to Valerie. Valerie has never seen the show, does not recognize her, but it becomes obvious very quickly that Mickey is a big fan. He's very pro Charla. Oh, Mickey was like, that was the biggest superstar he has seen in quite some time. He, if he could have flown, he grew fairy wings. He did. At this point, he was a fangirl extraordinaire when he saw her. He he unfurled his fairy yes, wings. Yes, he did. <laughs> we know he has, some, we knew he had some honking big fairy wings. <laughs> he also makes a comment that reflected the title of the show. Although we don't see a reaction from Valerie I think if she ever listened to what he said closely, could have stung her inadvertently because he is fawning all over Charla and says that she played, referring to the Amazing Grace, or Grace, the Amazing Race. Amazing Race. (laughs) That she played the Amazing Race with such dignity and grace, which is exactly what Valerie claims she wants her show to be, her reality show to be. Oh my God, it's Charlotte from The Amazing Race. Oh, I never saw it. Hey, I'm Charlotte. Hello, hello. I'm, I'm Valerie. Hello. Nice to. This is Mickey. It's an honor and a privilege. You should have won. You played with such dignity and grace. Thank you. When Valerie can't figure out how to say hello to her. And is trying to be politically correct, and it's just the worst when she crouches and talks in a baby formal voice. I have a note here. Uh, VC is condescending. Oh, and we were just talking about this about episode four that she is just condescending with everybody. She just this was the worst. Oh, I was so embarrassed for her. It's painful. If it were painful watching her try to handle a puppy, watching her try to work with. A little person, or whatever the PC term is now, yes. um, the vertically challenged, is definitely more painful than even the puppies, which I didn't know that you could top. It is brought to her attention that the head of the network or programming, I'm not quite sure what Jason Silver, maybe just the producer, what his role is, but it's important to him to cross-promote two shows, that this woman, Charla, from The Amazing Race is going to have her own new reality show called The Littlest Assistant and work for various celebrities for a week, and that's they her show. They show her the promo picture, and it's just her with, like, a power drill in her hand and a business suit. <laughs> Valerie is very resistant, does not know what to do, is sure she's being put on the spot because the cameras are on her, and Mickey cannot stop fawning over Charla and saying like, oh, I'm sure you'll be in great hands. She's such an asset and capable and talking about the various things that Charla did on The Amazing Race. Valerie makes a comment about she hates reality and then backtracks and says like those those shows, those game shows. Right, isn't that in this where she says, uh, maybe it's in a different scene. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's in what? later on. Where... where Valerie starts saying that she doesn't watch reality shows. Oh, that's later. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead, I think, with that part where she's like, I hate reality shows. Is that when they get stuck in the car? Yeah, I think yeah. it's when they're in the car later. She's very mad at Jane for just dumping this on her, but Jane says that they wanted to get her honest reaction and that they did and it was great, which Valerie is happy to hear. 
since Jane informs Valerie that Jason Silver, the producer or head of network, is very interested in this and thinks it's going to help the numbers, then Valerie gets on board. She, you can see the hesitation. She's obviously not convinced, but she's okay. Let's... Let's not be the problem show. She's convinced that it's because there was nothing happening in the linen store that now they're all concerned. Everybody about is like, there's this conspiracy theory and they've got to send something interesting away because she's boring. She's convinced she's boring, right? Yes. And that this is the her penance. Even the nightgown didn't help. Then we see them at dry cleaners and Charla is the littlest assistant for her. This was very curious too because they're all together in... In the dry cleaning store. Like, why do you need to go with your assistant? Because Valerie probably wanted to be in every scene. (laughs) I think you're right. And she's concerned about Charlotte carrying her dry clean because of the lengths of the dresses. And she notices that there's a piece missing and Charlotte starts speaking to the dry cleaning people in whatever language that is. I'm not quite sure if it's Chinese, Korean. Yeah. I'm not even sure that it matters, but we realize this person is so capable and so far above anything Valerie could ever do. She makes Valerie, like, Valerie's just eating her dust in that scene. Right. And Valerie's just standing around looking moronic, really. Yeah. Like, completely incapable. As Charla's getting up and finding Valerie's missing garment in Skirt. The- it was her black Armani skirt. Which she needed for her big meeting. With Mary Murphy. With Mary Murphy from TV Guide. Then we have another testimonial. It's the private bathroom testimonial that evening, and Valerie's tune has changed a little bit regarding Charla. She seems to feel that this little person has really impressed her. And she really likes having an assistant. Yes. That she doesn't have to pay. And she likes saying, this is my assistant. And she's learned a lot from this little lady. This uh, plucky little lady. Well. I learned a lot today from a little lady named Charla. I learned that dignity comes in all sizes. Some struggles are more obvious, and some are more internal. Some people see Charlotte a dry cleaner and think, how is she going to reach that? Some people see Valerie Cherish's dreams and think, how is she going to reach that? Two huge mountains. Two huge people. No matter the size. Dignity comes in all sizes. She's so offensive. She has no idea. She's trying to be... She's trying to be caring and deep and everything else. And she just comes across looking like an idiot. I know. It's all ridiculous. The comparing herself is just fantastic. The next scene is Charles driving Valerie to a meeting, and the car isn't big enough for Mickey to be in, but he's on the phone, and he call or he calls to wish her luck, I think, on her meeting, and saying that she misses he misses them, and also because Mickey has an ulterior motive. He has a friend who doesn't believe he's friends with Charlotte from Amazing Race. This is, in a way, uh, unacceptable to Valerie, right? Because... They're fawning all over this other person. Yeah, and Mickey has one job. He has one job. One job, his job is to be there for Valerie. And to think she is the most fabulous person on this earth. And again, I think that Valerie thinks that Mickey has no other life other than her. And that, well, and I think he probably doesn't, actually. But, you know, 
she can't imagine that he has friends. No, it's the out of sight, out of mind thing as yeah, well. Yeah, you're right. He, if he's not there, he does. He ceases to exist. It's uh, object impermanence. <laughs> Suddenly, the car starts to slow down. It's out of gas. Charlotte says, oh, I must have forgotten to fill up the car. I've been running around doing all your stuff. Valerie starts to panic because she's going to miss her big important meeting with television critic. She's trying to get Jane to call someone. Jane says that she can't, and then Charla schools Valerie, and again, Valerie is being told that the crew isn't supposed to get involved, that they cannot help. I have this meeting that I can't miss. Jane? Yeah, I think you're gonna have to call someone, have them pick us up. I can't do that. What do you mean, why can't you? They can't get involved. It's like the time when the guy fell in the fire on Survivor and no one was allowed to help. Yeah, that's, because, that's all right. Uh, that's all right, Charlie. I'm not a big fan of reality shows. So those, those reality shows, you know, this one isn't a game. It's my life. This is where Valerie says that she's not a big fan of reality shows. Those reality shows. Like her, her show is the only reality show that's worth anything. Right. Because it's, it's got dignity. Different. It's a woman's journey. Heartfelt journey to find herself. She's never been to. <laughs> I was going to, and I could been to paradise, but she's never been to me. Charla then makes the proclamation that we can walk. We're right by the exit, and Valerie is concerned because the restaurant's by the beach. She doesn't know how they're going to get there. She is on her cell phone calling for a taxi. The person on the other end of the taxi line is asking where she is, and she's like, I don't know. How about the 4-5? I don't know. I don't know. I'm somewhere near Lincoln. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm walking on the freeway. Right, she's, I don't know. She's on the 10. And then, even though they're on the, the 10, the busy freeway, which goes east-west to the beach in L.A. And Charlotte is just chugging. Like, she's done this before. She's run on the freeway. It's like there's music behind her. She makes like they should be crossing the freeway, which... I wasn't sure whether that was really what she was saying, but Valerie's very concerned about that. Like, they're going to get hit if they try to cross the freeway. It well, I, and she's right. She is right. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, yeah, they shouldn't be fucking crossing no. the freeway. That is, I'm with her. That's insane. Valerie starts to really lose it at this point at Charla and starts commenting on how it's poor planning, how it's really poor planning. She's just bitching the whole time. And Charla informs her, no, it's pretty good planning. You know, you might want to rethink the title of your show. You can keep the little part, but you're a bad assistant, okay? If I were as bad an actress as you are an assistant, then I, I, I wouldn't have the balls to make a comeback. Really, it's just poor planning. I think this is pretty good planning. What does that mean, huh? Wait, Charla. Stop. Did you... You ran out of gas on purpose. You're welcome. She, Jane, she did it on purpose. That is way out of line, all right? Way, I have a, I have a meeting with a television critic that I, now I'm going to be late for it because of a stunt? Oh, that is really unprofessional. Wake up, Val. This is reality TV. You have to make it happen. No one manipulates my show. You are a very dishonest little person. All right, I, I'm done. I'm done here, Jane. 
Valerie is done. She's really upset uh, and done with the littlest assistant. I'm not quite sure what's going on with Jane here. She sort of puts Jane on the spot and I don't know whether Jane is supposed to stay with both of them. That's unclear to me. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But again, it's coming down to the sex and stunts reality versus the dignity reality that Valerie imagines she is making. She says, you know, you can go that way with the sex and stunts or, you know, come this way. This show leads to Mary Murphy and dignity. And then she's running for the bus and falls and <laughs> totally eats it. Yeah. She manages to catch the bus, even though they are slamming the doors right before she gets on in every comedy beat that one would expect. Yes. And she didn't really know how to pay for the bus because she probably hadn't been on a bus maybe ever. And I'm sure she doesn't have change. 75 no. cents? So she just turned around and Jane, you have to pay for everybody. You just, you have to pay for it. Right. She leaves it for Jane to pay. And, the and by the way, or Charlotte should have paid for it. It was her fault. But I think they just left Charla out. Yeah. I think Charla's gone. Yeah, we didn't see her again, did we? Well, she sort of is like, I'm done with you. So I think she this just left This was good her. television. And, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the help. I don't think she saw it like that, but inevitably it is. Yeah. She gets on the bus, and it's just this very short scene, but she barks out to the bus driver, like, we need to get to the beach really fast, <laughs> completely ignoring the fact that there's a bus full of other people who have right. places to go, and she does not understand how the hers, bus yes. yes. This is like a limo, right? Or a taxi. It's exactly. In her mind, it was. Then she, I don't think she's ever been on a bus before. I don't think she even knows how they work, really. We don't know anything about her. She may not have. Yeah. It's obviously been a long time. Right. If she ever was. She makes it to the restaurant. Valerie wants Jane to call the producer and let him know that things didn't work out with Charla. She is huffing and puffing into her meeting and doesn't want to be hugged or kissed by Mary Murphy, who the famous Mary Murphy that we've been hearing about. I think it was because she's probably sweaty and stinky. But she is sort of making it a show because she's late that she, like, oh, no, I don't deserve a hug. I don't deserve a hug. Mary points out that she's bleeding at the table, and she tells her about the car ran out of gas and that she fell. And Mary Murphy says, well, hey, at least you got some footage for the show. Yeah, she knew exactly what was going on. At least you've got some footage for your show. Well, <laughs> actually, no. You know, no, we're, um, you know, I know that's what everybody's doing, but we're going to buck the trend. Can you? Well, yeah, I think so. We're going to do something new by doing something old-fashioned. We're going to do a reality show with dignity. Oh, oh, that would be refreshing. Wouldn't it? You know, it's what the world needs now. Dignity, sweet dignity. Can I quote you on that? Yeah, sure, of course. Meanwhile, Valerie... I think that and that, I think that breaks Valerie's heart a little bit, you know? Because she realizes... It's not maybe being seen as a woman's journey back to me. That's right. That it's not the Dignity Show. Again, it's about a woman's journey and dignity, sweet dignity. And Mary Murphy asks if she can quote her on that, which Valerie looks very excited about. Sure. Who doesn't want to be quoted? Quoted exactly what she's been rehearsing. Exactly. Right. This is exactly what she wanted, how she imagined it. Why I feel like there's going to be other words around it, though, when Mary Murphy quotes it. Because it's really clear in that scene that she sees Valerie for exactly who she is. And when she sees the footage, 
it's going to contrast so strongly with what Valerie yeah. is saying that we can almost see the train coming down the tracks. We can see the lights headed towards Valerie. Because they're not going to flag anything. <laughs> oh, no, they're going to flag them and they're going to blow them up. I yeah, mean, that, exactly. I keep thinking, she keeps saying flag it and that sounds like, you know, note this. This is good stuff. Right. Then the last scene, she's had her killer lunch with with Mary Murphy, she thinks she's nailed it. As the credits are running, it's just the overhead shot of the bedroom. And we can hear <laughs> her and Love Ball in the bathroom. Back to their old their, their old new routine. And Mark is a screamer, man. Marky Mark has some moves going on in that. But he's very he's vocalizing away. Well, I'm impressed by his noises because that also indicates that she's doing something right. You know, I think Valerie uh, kneels down. She's a she's a pleaser. <laughs> I feel like she would be. I, I feel like Valerie uh, Valerie takes a flesh popsicle. Hey, she's made it in Hollywood. Oh. I'm just making up for when I wasn't being inappropriate. So, yeah, so we hear them fucking in the bathroom and <gasps> I said the F word. And we also hear her hitting her head again. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's hitting something. This episode was directed by Greg Matola and written by Linda Wallum. And I I thought it was a really good episode. And I thought it was very interesting that we didn't go to set. We don't know anything about what's going on. I think it it gave us a lot of backstory to Valerie. I think that this was a... This one, you know, sets us up for some stuff in the future because we, I think we did learn a lot more about her and we definitely learned a lot of, more about her and Mark in this one. Love ball. There's still, I still want to know what their story is. Where did they meet? How, how did... Do we find that out? I'm not we'll even see. sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember, which is why this is a journey of discovery. Back to me. If you could see, Jenny's waving a lighter right now. So that's it for episode five. We want to thank you. We've been Miss Marcy. I'm Miss Jenny. We had a guest star, Charlene. Charlene singing I've Never Been to Me from 